0: In a world where more and more people are believing that the emperor is in fact wearing new clothes, we discuss topics, new and old, with a loose format that we try to keep to. However, we may go off on a tangent, and occasionally we may digress. Welcome to Digressing Tangents. Episode 3 so today I'm joined by Patrick from Road to Serfdom. How are you, Patrick?
1: I'm doing okay. Uh, this is Rob, I,
0: I assume. Yes, sorry, this is Rob from... We haven't uh,
1: properly introduced yet, uh, but yeah, uh, good, to, good to be on. Thanks for having me on.
0: No, it's, it's, it's my pleasure. Um, I'll say we've been going back and forwards. Would it be two years now on, on Twitter, I would have thought? Something like
1: that yeah well, I, well i've been on i've been on twitter since twenty sixteen but um uh you know the, and you don't I don't know you through my Irish music show, do i uh,
0: no, 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 but I am a big fan of Irish music, so I might have to look into that that's one thing okay. i've not actually uh, i'll I'll put all those links and and stuff in the show notes obviously if you email me them i'll uh, I'll make sure they're they're there. Cool. But that'll be that'll be fascinating to actually listen to some of that. My, myself and the wife are very big into our sort of Celtic music. So, cool. all
1: right. Well, I have. Um, I mean, it's it's the first thing I did way back when. It, it's originally it was a radio show I did on FM Radio in Boston. So, so I'll, uh, yeah, I'll send I'll, you a link.
0: Yeah, lovely. No, I, I can't. I, I do recall I was listening to a podcast that you were on, and you did a brief history of your. Of your background and how you'd gone from radio station uh, and, and such like which which i found fascinating but i never made the connection to actually go through your links to fi- you know obviously there's there's only a fine amount a finite amount of hours in the day to, to to be looking for people and and trying to catch up on everything that they've done in their history but i'll definitely i'll bet definitely carve out some time for that i think definitely
1: cool i sent you a like um
0: perfect yeah i've just received that good stuff
1: so well, I'll, I'll try i'll try to stop doing the computer stuff while we're talking because
0: that always makes for a terrible radio <laughs> <laughs> yeah try, try not to have like too much dead air right so obviously <laughs> i've invited you on uh this is, this is this will be episode three and it's a very <sighs> loose format and obviously as we've just discovered we can go off and digress onto tangents very quickly um can I ask you first and foremost what was your red pill moment? What was your "aha"? The world is not as it seems. Do you remember?
1: Um, do you, if you mean in the, you know, in the "holy shit, what the fuck" uh, kind of way, because of course I think I and most people have had red pills of varying degrees over the years. So, so in the in the past, if you had asked me that question, I, uh, I would have given you a. a fairly old date but for for this like oh my shit they're trying to kill us kind of red pill uh, was was about march of this year um sorry march of 2020 um, yeah basically right around the time i mean I, I was worried about this let's put it this way i blocked every single irish musician i knew in december of 2019 because they were all communists and there were, I, I didn't know who, but somebody, just, I used to have a Facebook account where I had a Facebook account that was uh, public. And I had thousands of Irish musicians that I had rehooked up with from you know, decades of you not know, being in touch with people. And I thought it was kind of cool because I, I had been holding off and you know, doing Facebook. And and I there was this, a moment, there was a particular moment where I was putting a, I, I started to quote, you know, I was doing my sort of road to serfdom stuff on this account on Facebook. And so I I sent out a quote of Ludwig von Mises and I I have to paraphrase the quote because I forget exactly what what it was, but it was something to the effect of, you know, um, if you say something, it was a Ludwig von Mises quote. It was a simple Ludwig von Mises quote that said something to the effect of, you know, sometimes it's a majority of one and they know what they're talking about or something like that, right? And they, like, it got banned, like you can't say that on Facebook. Like what the fuck? <laughs> so that was so that was the moment that I just said I just went non-public and I blocked everybody I know, um, and I, I only left a handful of libertarian people. Um, like you know, like I, I don't I didn't block Anthony Samaroff, even though it's a Scottish guy, just, it's not connected to the Irish music. You know what I mean? Um, so. So that was the moment. And so, so that was like the end of 2019. And then a few months later we got to the point where they had the lockdowns. And that was when I I really said, this is it. And it was partly because I went and finally looked into the science, um, because, you know, I didn't really know that much about what what it was and I spent about two solid weeks of looking into immunology, virology, um, epidemiology in particular, and then finally, once I realized what it was, gene therapy. And at the end of that two weeks, and with all my experience in totalitarianism and economics, it was clear to me what was happening, that they were converting us to a uh, command
0: economy. Did you you find that jarring, or had your previous experiences kind of acclimated you a little bit to you know, you kinda of went, Ah, well, here it is, this is what they're doing now. Or or like in March, did you sort of go, you know, did you kind of have that head in your hands moment where you just kinda of sit, you know, and you think, I can't believe we've come to this.
1: Yeah, that's I mean it was when they actually did the lockdown, quote unquote lockdown, that was the moment where I said, Oh shit, um, this is this is the big one. You know, I'm coming to join you, honey. Grab your chest, you know what I mean? Because it was all very, you know, all well and good to talk about conspiracy theories and to try to convince. But I, you know, for the whole time that I've been, and I never was like a super into conspiracy theories guy. I'm more like a pretty down to earth um, economics guy. But it's been a serious situation for a long time, and and to to the average person, most Austrian econ sounds like conspiracy theory. You know what I mean? Um, but this was oh shit, you know, they're they're going to poison us all to death with this crazy thing that was banned. Because when I did the research and I discovered that the adenoviral, you know, the, the adenoviral vector for these gene therapies was banned. Was There was a moratorium put on it in the 2000s because it was killing people. And, and that was when they were using it as experimental um, anti-cancer drug for people who were terminally ill with cancer. So they banned it for people who were terminally ill with cancer because it was too dangerous. So that's what they're giving to everybody. But,
0: <laughs> yeah. that's, kind of, that's kind of serious, isn't it? I mean, that that yeah. is definitely a case of the the cure being worse than the the disease. <laughs> yeah.
1: isn't it? I mean, it's just shocking. So I, I couldn't, I didn't think it was real. I didn't think I, I figured people just didn't understand and. And so that was why I, I was, you know, finally when we got until to to the point where I had to say it's it's, it's not a vaccine, it's a gene therapy, plainly. Over a year later, or a year later, I just I couldn't believe that was the first time that they actually uh, ab- absolutely, you know, um, censored me. They had been uh-huh. doing shadow banning for for years. I've been shadow banned since the very beginning, but. They had never done this thing. I don't think they had ever done that particular kind of censorship to anybody or any tweet ever before. I had never seen that before. That but
0: it, it's a very effective uh, double whammy of the the shadow banning and the gaslighting. I mean, yeah. you, obviously, your um, one of your taglines is, you know, there are four lights. Now, a lot of people might not get that reference. I mean, I do, but. If you gaslight enough people enough times, they will see the five lights, won't they? That's the yeah. the problem.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And I've never seen gaslighting like it in in the last, especially in the last few months. You know, when they will blatantly tell you black is white when they've just reported that white is white, Jimmy. <laughs> You're like you actually, you know, they'll say one one sentence and then literally contradict themselves, you know, mid paragraph and not even break a sweat. And they don't seem to think they've done anything wrong either, which which is... It,
1: well, it's it's funny because so that that aspect of it, obviously, you know, the reference is specific to this phenomenon, which, again, like I said, for the last, you know, since 2016, I've been talking about totalitarianism and corporatism and all the things that I'm talking about for the most part, except for the medical component. Um, I've been talking about this all time. So there are things like um, I was going to say Solzhenitsyn. Of course, Solzhenitsyn has some great quotes, and he's important to understand for totalitarianism. But there's also um, Theodore Dal- Dalrymple, and Theodore Dalrymple had a great quote because um, he's another person who studied communist propaganda. And he has this great quote that I used to put up a lot. And uh, and it basically, he says that he came to the conclusion that communist propaganda was not about trying to convince you of whatever the party wanted you to believe. It was about humiliating you. So therefore, the more absurd whatever it was that they were trying to get you to believe, the better. Because if they could make you either not complain or better yet, repeat whatever it is that's totally absurd that they're telling you, then then that shows that you have submitted. And so it's about humiliating you publicly. So so if you think once you realize that the propaganda really, they're not trying to convince you that black is white, they're trying to humiliate you publicly.
0: Yeah, no, I can see that. It, again, I'm I'm still fascinated by people that will um, queue outside with no mask on, then put a mask on to walk ten feet, and sit down, and then remove a mask. You know. Yeah. <laughs> That to me is is kind of a, a public humiliation. Do you know what I mean I, I I can't exactly what I, it is, yeah 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 I, I can't I can't just I can't get my head around it. But then again, that there's there's a group there's obviously a I'm hoping it's a large group of people that see through it. And I'm wondering what kind of I don't know would I say uh, what, what is it? Do you think that separates people that can see the blatant lies versus the people that either can't or refuse to now is that social engineering do you think at its best or is it just a dumbing down and a willingness just to comply because it's easier to do it
1: jeez yeah i mean the last one sounds the most likely um of course this 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 type of thing has been happening for a long time this absurdity acquiescing to absurdity We've known about for a while I was just thinking while you're talking, I was thinking about things like driving laws. You know, when when you're driving along without your seatbelt on and a cop on a motorcycle, you know, pulls yeah. you over and gives you a ticket for not wearing a seatbelt. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Is it do you not see a logical problem with this scenario? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, the- and both the cop and the person understand that it has nothing to do with safety. It's about this law that somebody wrote that says that you have to wear a seatbelt in a, in a car. It doesn't. It doesn't say you have to protect yourself from death on in motor vehicles. You
0: know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. It's the so word. So it? and,
1: and if you were, and if you had a um, a cotton candy helmet on or whatever, if if the law was you had to wear a helmet on a motorcycle and you wore a cotton candy helmet, that would count because the law <laughs> says you should wear a helmet, not protect your head. You
0: yes. It is? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the the fact that the helmet wouldn't protect you is neither here nor there. They just need you to wear the helmet. I mean, <laughs> just dig- well, digress or t- we'll, we'll double back to your economic side of things. You've obviously been aware of the, the usual, like the, the Federal Reserve, um, the, the potential for hyperinflation, the whole money scam in its own right do you think the current situation is brought on by the fact that they realize that the money situation is in such a in such a dire need of reshaping that their only way out is this current course of action which is potentially you know is it world like i've said this before is it going to be world war three or woke war one you know is that what we're heading for
1: Well, I mean, I certainly, with my Austrian economics background, I am am highly sympathetic and I would have said, and and still do say, that all of this is certainly um, because of, or certainly directly related to Fed policy and fiat currency and the fact that money is not sound. And so, but the fact that money is not sound itself, like I was just, I was having a little exchange with uh, Per PerBilance today on Twitter. And um, he's an Austrian economist I very much respect, and he, and he says a lot of the things that are sort of taken as articles of faith to us uh, that government you know, wants, of course, to take our money, for instance. And I was saying to him that I've come, kind of come to the conclusion that because fiat currency is, is just sort of minted at will by the government um, and everybody sort of agrees on this, they just print whatever they want whenever they need it, you know, or maybe if they don't need it, they print it, whenever, whatever, right? It doesn't matter to them. And taxation really is a mechanism, and again, this is admitted by pretty much everybody on both sides, that taxation is really a mechanism to sop up the currency from the actual physical economy, and that's to try to conceal the inflationary effects because all this money printing in the electronic world would get out into the real world if everybody started taking cash and going buying, it, you know what I mean? And so the taxation is really to take all that money back out of the economy. And so that's the reason they take half your money is because they just printed twice the money. And in that way, they can make it look like there hasn't been a huge change. You still have the same money that you used to have, right? In dollar amounts. And you have, you don't really realize that it's, that it's less, that it's worth less. You know what I mean? And from your perspective, it's just, you just see raising rising prices. For the average person, they don't understand their value. Their their money is getting less valuable. It's not that the prices are going up. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, they don't see the correlation, do they? They no, they just they don't. like you say, yeah.
1: Because so, but but it, you know, and therefore this idea that the Fed uh, so that the crisis is that we're somehow running out of money or whatever, and the truth of the matter is, I I really have come to conclude now that they could keep this going for a long time. Um, they, they obviously after 2008 they were able to to, to to print their way out of that too. And while it's absolutely true, and I and I agree that this can't go on forever, and that if the goal of the government was to try to get away with it forever, then no, they wouldn't be able to get away with it forever. But I think what's happening now is is not related to that. Actually, I think what's what's happening now is they're trying to kill everybody. And, and in the old days, planned economy, one of the reasons that we came to the conclusion that planned economies don't work is because we tried them in the 20th century so many times. Didn't work in communism, didn't work in Nazism, didn't work with corporativism and, fa- and fascism. And, and to the extent that we toyed with it over the course of the 20th century in the United States and Europe, it hasn't worked. And it hasn't worked because of what we're talking about here, all this, this fake money This fiat money thing and and the idea of centralized governments being involved in the economy, Uh, this is this is I mean, the actual thing that we're dealing with here is corporatism or fascism or third wayism, mixed economy or whatever. But ultimately, it boils down to planned economy. And so, what we discovered was that planned economy doesn't work and it causes situations like starvation and poverty and. All the types of things that cause collapse of society, and so therefore we've all the the, the left and and the right have said, well, we're we're not going to do planned economy because of these things. But what's actually happened is that the government, left and right government, whatever you want to call those parties, have agreed in secret, it, it would seem, with their, their with whoever it is they make deals with, and they're part of this global totalitarian corporate state. That what they ought to do is do planned economy whole hog so that it causes starvation and chaos and collapses society. So they're they're doing Planned Society knowing that it will collapse. And so all of this stuff that they're doing right now is not because it got so bad they didn't have a choice. I think they had a choice, and they chose to try to collapse the world economy so that people will starve and die. I think it's intentional.
0: Oh, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't disagree with what you said, that's for certain. I, I mean, I think a lot of us have been well aware for, for many years that a lot of the, for want of a better word, industries that we see is very much a smoke and mirrors kind of effect where you have people taking an item from A to B so it can be processed and then taken back to A which employs a truck driver to drive back and forward, which helps fuel the oil industry because they have to put fuel in the truck. And then you watch other people doing exactly the same but in reverse order, and it's like the free energy as well, if they suddenly found, an, uh, or if they suddenly released an option for free energy, how many people in the power industry would be made redundant? So they can't have that because those people feed into the system by taking a wage and paying a tax. So they've, they've for want of a better word, perpetuated the whole, as I say, smoke and mirrors effect where everyone thinks everyone's interconnected and needs to be interconnected when the reality is if they disconnected us all, it would be painful for a brief period, but then it should settle. But then there'd be lots of us doing nothing. So well, I, suppose
1: that's, I suppose that's true. The, 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 thing that, um, the thing that I'm saying that... that, that... Like so, so what you're proposing, what you're saying is is what a lot of people think. And certainly there are elements of it that are true in the context of the government wanting us to live. So if the government wanted to pretend that everything was okay and have, have society continue on, such explanations might be appropriate. Um, and what I'm really getting at is that it's really not about so... So I, I don't think that it's it's this is about them trying to maintain any kind of a system where they can keep us enslaved and tax us because they don't really need the money. The only reason they tax us is to make sure that we can't traverse class. You know what I mean? Like so if, if somebody makes if somebody is very successful and they make twice as much money as they used to make, that puts them into a new economic class, right? And that's no good because The the, the whole idea here is to sort of maintain an economic caste system of sorts. Um, And so so the first most important thing is that the taxation sops up the extra money in the economy that's created by this inflationary effects of their printing money. And then second of all, people who do well need to be punished, partly so that they don't traverse class and also to discourage anybody from trying to succeed. And ultimately, these things... They sound counterintuitive, and they are counterintuitive, again, from the perspective of somebody who who believes that the government wants us to live and succeed. These are counterproductive uh, activities and goals and aims. But from this Malthusian anti-humanist perspective, which says that there are too many humans on the planet, and therefore they need to be culled, first of all, but also whatever human systems that are... Design and you mentioned social engineering earlier, and cybernetics is the core of this Malthusian anti-humanist uh, thing. So, so I so I don't want to go because it's three different things all sort of coming together. So, the first and most important thing is you need to understand that cybernetics has nothing to do with robots or computers or anything like that. It was created; it's a it's a science and applied science created in, around World War II, a little bit after World War II. Um, And it's the the creation of self-regulating systems that resist change. It's the simplest way I can say. So a steam engine regulator is frequently used as the analogy for a cybernetic system. So the steam engine is going along, and if it gets hotter, the thing spins faster, and that restricts how much oxygen is allowed into the vessel, and therefore keeps the power down. So it keeps the system from, from doing too well, right? Yeah, yeah. And so all of our systems, all of our regulatory systems, it's no accident that our regulatory systems are called regulators because they are the analogy. That's the the, uh, government equivalent of the steam engine regulator. So they view humanity as a steam engine, and if it is too successful and grows too much and advances too much, that's, that's a danger because it'll explode, and therefore you have to prevent humanity from making advancements. And so that's what regulations are all about. It's about preventing advancement. Um, so, so there's this, again, I'm, I'm overlapping things and we're having, I'm, I'm, so I'm, I'm not discounting exactly what you know. people, I was going to say that there's a right and a left perspective here. And there, I don't think there's that much difference, but I tend to think, I tend to agree with the left when I say, for instance, that corporations are bad. Um, of course they're bad but most people on the left think you know think that corporations are bad because they're trying to make money but what I'm getting at is that most corporations actually the major corporations the ones that are corporativist institutions that or corporate organs of the government actually don't really particularly make money most of them don't show a profit I mean you know and you, you talk to people on the right about this and they'll say yeah well they're just, you know they'll make money in ten years. They're just you got to put the time in. You know and you got to got to invest in. You know it's like no, it, it, that's not how capitalism works. I don't get to just get free money for a decade, spending billions and billions of dollars, right? Putting everybody else out of business that's trying to compete with me because I because that's like how capitalism works. Where does that money come from? What is the you know what I mean? Like who. Of obviously, the government is directly putting everybody out of business that would have supplied these services or products, right? And that corporation yeah. isn't even making any money doing it. And it turns out that the, the thing that they're doing is related somehow to some
0: program to murder us. So, can I take that as your... Black pill. Then your worst case scenario is, I that, guess.
1: Yeah, that that's that's the big one. And I and I, I had it partially before April of 2020. But but that would be the big. That was when I finally said, "Aha! Okay, we get it now. I get it. I what you're doing is us. Um, you want us dead? And that was April 2020. That was my black pill.
0: Interesting. I think I think there's a lot of people that will agree with you. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm certainly not disagreeing with you. I can certainly see a concerted effort to um, obfuscate things that are going on at the moment, like that there are doubling back to the the cure being worse than the disease. Uh, you know, there is an obvious uptick in people with heart conditions and blood issues and and the like, and anything. And everything except the the stabby stabby is the thing that's causing it. Do you know what I mean? But at some point there will that there has to be a tipping point where I would hope more people see it for what it is. And is that would that be the crucial point? Do you think there's somebody somewhere with their finger on the regulator trying to slow that information down to the point that they can keep going? And if that tipping point happens and we get a runaway, do they then just pull the plug to see is that, or do you think it's a slow burn? Do you think they're just going to say, we don't care how many people find out because every, for every hundred people that find out a thousand are going to drop by the wayside.
1: It's a combination of all of the above. So I, have you read the lockstep document? Yes. So, so, the lockstep document is a, uh, it's a pretty specific set of instructions. Uh, and there are other documents, this is Agenda 21, there's other things like this public, private, NGO um, predictions and such that, that that are all part of the plan loosely. And they, they, they all overlap a little bit and they're all somewhat, there's, there's some like contingency plans for if this happens, then you do this. But it all has to be planned out ahead of time. And so, and also there's this so, – so I think that there's elements of the Theodore doll Ripple, they're just trying to humiliate you because if they can humiliate most people, that makes them emasculate, and they're less of a threat. And so so if they, if they can't kill you immediately, at least they can minimize you as a threat because a lot of people will just – when they see the censorship, they'd say to themselves, well, gee whiz, uh, wow, the government's getting really bad with the censorship. I guess I better not say anything. A lot of people say that, right? And yeah, that thought, means they win.
0: Yeah, self-censorship self, self, self yeah. censorship is probably worse than uh, direct censorship in, in a lot of cases. It
1: really is. And, and that's, so this is terrorism. And, and it's like with the cops going on the air and saying they're going to arrest mothers if they bring their toddlers to the park. It isn't that they actually can arrest every mother that takes their toddler to the park. It's the same thing with the arresting people for having too many people over. You "You have a dozen people in your house. We're going to arrest you. They can't do that to every single house. The point of putting that on the TV and the news segment is to terrorize you into being afraid to invite people to your house, to be afraid to take your child to the park, to be afraid to interact with people, to be afraid to say things out loud. This is terrorism. So, in the only real way, it's just like with the bully, I and mean, it's really the same thing. When a bully says, you know, here, wear this, wear this, you know, dick hat on your head, uh, or else I'll, I'll beat you up. I mean, if you do it, they win, right? Yeah. And it's so, and most of the time, they don't want to fight, right? There was, was a good quote from, from something recently, I was reading it, and it's just something that it's, it's obvious, but. But it's, it's like uh, bullies don't want to fight you. They want to beat you up. So if you yeah. resist at all, that's not what they want,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. They, they, they just want to lash out the punishment. They don't want to actually want to defend themselves, do they? That's, yeah. that's the thing with a bully, yeah. They think they can pound you into the ground with impunity where as soon as you stand up and start fighting back, then you become a nuisance.
1: And it, so, uh, and it demonstrates to everybody this, this response that, is, that they're trying to condition out of their victims. So yeah. you just have to be, I mean, this, yeah, like I know not everybody can, can be like this all the time. I mean, I am. I, and a lot of people I know have been. Um, but eventually everybody catches on, and then it's popular to be you know, in the resistance. Um, what's really strange about this social phenomenon is that they've convinced the people who are, who are completely beholden to the government line that they are the resistance somehow. You know what I mean? That they're resisting oh. against the totalitarian
0: people who want freedom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, I, again. You know, it is. Uh, I, I am amazed, and oddly um fascinated by the gaslighting that they've managed to achieve it's i mean you can't you can't say they're bad at it can you, you you've got to you know in an odd way you've got to tip your hat and say you know bravo you know, i just didn't think people were that stupid but hey <laughs> proven wrong multiple times so i mean it's it's good. really
1: it's really the confusion factor i mean so there's so there's but i guess that's what i was getting at a little bit earlier is that this many different things that they're they're trying all at the same time and even if they don't all work one of them will work and one of them will be enough to cause confusion and confusion is enough to keep people from understanding
0: yeah and i mean you only have to look at the the situation in ukraine where they've got an actor that played the president (laughs) Who then forms his own party? Who then, you know? And when I point this out to people and say, "You do realize he's an actor," they go, "Oh yeah, I know he's an actor, but isn't he doing a good job as president?" <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. It's amazing.
1: Just, yeah. and it, heard it is. It. Is, is he really Soros' cousin? Is that true?
0: I have not even looked into that. I've seen some of the classic side by side pictures, and he, he obviously looks like him, but yeah, I, I think sometimes that's,
1: that's where I'm at too. Is, <sighs> First of all, I kind of am not into the personality politics thing. I mean, George Soros, no. is an evil scumbag. But um, and of course, all of these uh, global totalitarian corporate state agents and actors and members of the oligarchy are awful. Um, but my whole thing has been to point out that it is the global totalitarian corporate state. It is oligarchical, I, but but it's not the individuals that are the problem. They're all just no. do, they're doing what they're told to do. And Um, they'll be thrown under the bus. It's like with Bill Gates. He's going to get thrown under the bus at some point.
0: Absolutely. I'm very much of the opinion, and uh, I, I don't know if you all agree or disagree, but if we know of them and know their names, they're not important.
1: Or at least they're not. They're certainly not the mastermind.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. They're important in their little, they're they're a cog in a a bigger machine, but I think the the first rule of power is to hide the fact that you're in power. If, If people have a target, then you're a target. If you can, again, smoke and mirrors and pull the strings from the background with no one knowing who you are or what you're doing, then you're way, way safer than someone like Bill Gates or George Soros, who at some point will have to step out in public at some point. And the
1: other, the other way to think about this um, is sort of so if if it's secret societies, which I, we, I think we should assume that this is all being driven by secret societies, rather than so so even this, you know, um, of course it's Club of Rome and these things are all real and they really do get a, get together in these evil conferences and talk about how, to, how murder us and stuff, um, but. There's no, like, single person in control who's planning it all. They're all sort of planning it together, and they're doing it based on, I think, a, a, a strategy that has been going on for centuries. So certainly since Malthus there, and, and Darwin, there has been this Malthusian anti-humanist thread that is, has been you know, made real with cybernetic social engineering in the 20th century at the public level. But before it had been programmed into the public, it was this was a very popular idea in the Fabian socialists. And, and I guess that's where Orwell got most of his ideas, was from the Fabian socialists. Uh and that would be just after the turn of the 20th century, like, you know, the 1900s to, 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 to yeah.
0: I mean, 1800s. To the 1900s. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if kids read Orwell now in school or... Um... And his name escapes me. A Brave New World. Ah, um, Elders Huxley. Aldous yeah. oh, Huxley. Thank you. Um, but I mean, that was almost required reading when I was at school. And, and then, and of
1: course, those guys are are you know I I, I like Orwell. I like Huxley, but they you know Orwell was a socialist, and Huxley I don't know. I think he was probably a corporate or something, a socialist or whatever. These so these guys are not necessarily good guys. They, they may oh, no. have written a thing that let us know about what the evil plans were, but in some ways, they were, this was predictive planning. You
0: know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, I, and again, we we'll go back to um, people's mindsets. So are the people that read – I mean, people can read a book and come away with completely different opinions of, of what they've just read.
1: Yeah. I mean, a, a, a sort of stupid modern example that probably nobody has ever actually – come away from watching Star Trek Next Generation episode with the There Are Four Lights. But in theory, you could come away from the There Are Four Lights episode and say the Cardassians were right. That's how we should do it. And if your goal is to make Captain Picard, you know, go nuts, then maybe they're right. And so it's really this question of motivation. And, And that's why I'm convinced that the government wants to kill us because everything they've done would only be appropriate if they wanted to kill us. It's not a mistake. It's certainly not an accident. So all that, you know, and this is something that, that uh, you know, Austrian economists have been able to simplify our argument over a long period of time by simply saying that people act rationally and in their own interests, and therefore if they do something bad, it's usually because it's a mistake, right? And then yeah. they, they might want to cover their mistake or whatever, but it's usually not, you know, it's it's, it's a lot more rational to attribute these errors to foolishness, uh, you know, and maybe arrogance, than, than to say that it's some sort of malice.
0: Yeah,
1: and, and a lot of this was in response to the people who say, you know, it's the Jews or whatever. I mean, I don't know, maybe it is the Jews, but it, like as an Austrian economist, I'm like, that's a stupid explanation because it's certainly not some of the people I know who are Jewish. It's not the people who are Jewish. There, there might be like some... Jew, and, and maybe the Masons are, you know,
0: connected to uh, the Jews well, and some "quote unquote." Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> more, more and more people are becoming familiar with the term "democide." That's for certain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, a, a, a few a months thing. ago, people wouldn't have known that word, and then all of a sudden, it's you know, it, it got thrown around um, Twitter for a while. It, it's it's backed off a wee bit, but um, there are a lot of people that suddenly realize that the the
1: You
0: still there. Lost I lost signal. I lost, I lost signal. For a
1: second. Yeah, I yeah.
0: Yeah, no. Okay, we're we're back on. Um, so let's just well I'll double back to the blue pill side of things then. So if you could choose a point in time where you could go back and have your blue pill moment where you're happy and you're just don't have a care in the world because you don't realize anything that's going on. Do you have a, a, point like that in your in your life where you'd say, if if you were given the option to forget everything that you know now and start afresh at a point in your own timeline, have you where would that be? Have you got one, or is it?
1: I think I do, and and
0: it's it's
1: so I think it would be back when I got when I lost my radio show because you know and this would be nineteen ninety seven. Uh, maybe a little bit before 1997. Um, I, was, I was on the air for almost a decade, from like 90 to 97. Um, and the radio station tried to steal everything I owned. So it was a community radio station. I didn't get paid. I was a volunteer. And I, I had some interns that I trained. One of them, I got to have another, to have a show. So then we had two Irish shows. And once that happened... The radio station said, well, now we have two Irish shows, so we need to own everything you have. Give us all your CDs, all your recordings, everything you've recorded, everything you have. It's ours now. So uh, the communists tried to steal everything they owned. Um, Now, this could have been just, I just assumed at the time that this was like a personal thing against me, and probably it was, at least on some level. But there's also uh, aspects of them, this was at BC. So they're Jesuits. Um, they, they, they're trying. They don't like traditional stuff. So I was promoting traditional stuff, even though it was ZBC, which was weird really electronic music. And I was doing it the weirdest possible way. I was still promoting traditional stuff. And therefore I had to be destroyed. Plus, I was a white man. These are the things over the years I've come to realize were why I was attacked for this 25 years ago. Um, but if if I could go back to, to still having a radio show and living my life recording fantastic musicians all day long and without even getting paid for it, you know what I mean? It costs me money to do what I was doing
0: back then. And I loved it, you know? Yeah, yeah <laughs> would, no, no. I, thought, I would again, go it's... back to that it's like it's like podcasting isn't it um i mean i'm sure that there are people there are people that do make money out of it don't get me wrong but i think some people miss miss the mark when um I, i've always had the attitude uh through any any podcast or anything i've ever if i've put myself out there I recorded it and put it on the internet for people to listen to my my only intention is to reach one person, and if that one person then takes the ball and runs with it and does something better, that then I consider it job done. You know, I'm not hoping to, you know, break the bank, you know, by becoming famous. In fact, I'd rather not be. I'd rather just keep my head down and just do things like this, where maybe you know, just getting ideas, throwing things around, and trying to make sense of the world. And the more people that make sense of the world the better we are. And I, I, I said in a previous podcast, I think one of the best things we can all do is just be aware, you know, just mm-hmm. just not blindly following stuff, just all, oh, I mean, and again, I've said this many, many a time, if you took a clipboard onto a busy high street, stopped people randomly and, and just said, yes, no, do you trust the government? I think that it would be a higher than average percentage of people saying, no, I don't trust them. And then when you right. ask them a Pacific and say, do you think they're lying about the vax or the war or whatever? Be Oh, no, no, no they wouldn't lie about that. Though, again, gaslit to the point where, no, no, I, I know the government are up to no good. We are dated day by day here in the UK of scandals with MPs, that have uh, awarded contracts to family and friends for multi-billion pound contracts for you know ppe and the like only to discover that they then go bankrupt and no one can find the money and everyone goes oh they're always doing it they're always doing it they're always claiming this on their benefit they're always claiming this on expenses you know they're they're a bunch of you know sponges and then you say do you think they are lying about the current narrative no no, I don't think they are. <laughs> and you go, oh. Well,
1: and so this is, this is very what? much this, yeah. I'm oh, sorry, continue.
0: No, no, I'm just saying I can't understand how or why people can't join those dots together. That's what fascinates me.
1: Well, and it's even more than that, or, or maybe the this, this additional thing that I'm trying to add to that particular problem is that there's this other thing that, that so so we all understand, even if we don't, you know, even, even the people who deny it um, at the level you're talking about, we all sort of understand that there's what's um, called uh, rent seekers, the people who, who apply you know, to government to, to the nepotism and they benefit from all these things, and it's what we call rent seek, um, and getting the government to pay you for things because the market won't allow it because the market doesn't want what you have, so you get the government to pass a law that makes necessarily or illegal not to buy your phone, um, somehow or some some way shape or form, but it's it's more than that now because it's not just simply rent seeking that is going on at these giant pharmaceutical companies. They're, they're you know I mean they're being instructed to do this, and it's costing them reputation and market share and money. They're not actually making money off of this stuff. The government is paying them directly, so they may be they may they're making money in the sense that government is paying with you would think, tax dollars, but I'm also proposing that they're just printing it out of nowhere. Right? So, they're, so they're taking money, they're taking all our money, making it less, making it worthless, in order to give the money to these people who are killing us. And they're not just doing it randomly, and they're not doing it because they want to make a profit, they're doing it because they've been ordered to uh, by the government. And because, again, the, the thing that convinced me that this is a organized thing is because it's been organized like you could say that these were mistakes only if it happened in different ways in different places but because it all happened exactly the same way at exactly the same time and everybody supposedly in the world made exactly the same mistakes simultaneously for two years this is not a reasonable proposal that has to be
0: yeah, I'm, and I'm since gonna, we
1: have all this documentation about the plan, you know what I mean, and, and so there's just too many dots to connect.
0: Yeah, so I'm, I, it's, I will. I will add in the show notes the the link to the Lockstep documents because again, there might be people listening that aren't aware of the Lockstep uh, protocol that was. But that was that 2019, or was that earlier? Lockstep.
1: That
0: was 2010.
1: 2010. They've been trying to do this every. Year. It's one of the things we talk about. Um, you know, uh, if, if we're talking amongst ourselves about lockstep, is is there's so much supporting material? Uh, but one of the one of the red flags was if you look back over the last decade, every single year there was an attempt to do this. Zika yes. and, and H1N1 yeah. and every single year there was something they were trying to promote that would be chaos and you know and some kind of bio terror incident or whatever. So this is, this, they've been trying to do this, and then you go and you find this document that is, is exactly the point.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't realize it was 2010. I don't know why. Why am I thinking 2019? I think, was, was that Event 201, or is that the same, in event the same genre? Event 201
1: happened before everything, and, and it's absolutely right. Event 201 is, is, I mean, it's better evidence because it literally was exactly what everybody did several months later.
0: <laughs> yeah uh, yeah. i think people miss miss the fact like you just said that every single government did exactly the same thing at the same time yeah and and
1: and it was all it not just not just mistakes but direct opposite of what the professional medical recommendations would be in every case it wasn't just that they did the wrong thing it was they did the absolute opposite of what you should have done you
0: know what, what- i mean you're obviously in the States, aren't you? So yeah. um, am I right in thinking it is illegal in the States for anyone but a doctor to give medical advice?
1: Uh, no, no, I wouldn't say that.
0: No? Okay, because that, that, that gets banded around a little bit uh, on the internet where they say you'll see a news reporter saying, you know, you must get your vaccine, for example. And in theory, they shouldn't be telling anyone to do anything medical. Yeah, what they should be you know, saying. The is, reason, I
1: mean, traditionally the reason is, is because of legal implications. So not because it's illegal, but because somebody can sue you and say, well, he told me, he gave me medical license. so So you're opening yourself like, I don't actually think it matters unless you're a doctor. So if you're a doctor and somebody asks you, well, what should I do, doc? And you tell them, in the theory, legally, you could make a case in court that, you know, He's a doctor. He knew he was a doctor. The guy knew he was a doctor. He told him to do something. He did it. That's medical advice. I get you. If, no, if no. you just come to me and I tell you that, you know, you really should eat purple. They'll make your penis grow. That's not medical advice. I mean, it's, it seems like medical advice. I mean, technically. But I'm not a doctor. That's bullshit. <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I was just on Amazon looking for walnuts in. So... <laughs> so, so, so it wouldn't be it
1: wouldn't be illegal to do that and you couldn't make a legal case against somebody for saying that but right, if you well, are a doctor but there is so it is there's an element of, of truth in there but it has to do with civil laws
0: i get you right so so it's more a case of if if i wanted to i could say you know they told me this was the best thing for me and i took them on their word and obviously i've now realized it was wrong so i want to sue so it would be a personal thing it's not a um, like but that a
1: state. would apply a... to all these supposed doctors that have blue checks on twitter telling people to do stuff absolutely they can be sued and right. they would they would they should lose those cases now the problem is the global totalitarian corporate state is in control of our justice
0: system that's so, the other thing people yeah. neglect when they say for example, if it was if what we're saying is true, it'd be on the news you know that <laughs> that chestnut as it were and you go uh no, because the very people that are lying to us are also controlling the news, and I think people don't understand the 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 the, the, the network that's involved, and it doesn't take many people to pull a string to make the network do what it wants you know all you need is one ceo you know or one editor in a newsroom saying you know this is what we're saying and you don't
1: all have to be ideologically flipped you can just blackmail them so a lot of this yeah a lot of this just and and it's also the, the main problem of course with having a capture justice system is that you can't so so people say, well, we should arrest them. We should, why haven't they arrested them? Well, we should arrest them. It's like, who's going to arrest them? Who's going to investigate? Who's going to pass the judgment? Where are they going to be held? Because nothing can be done until we take it all down. And we can't attack it all. So the only real way, in my, so my solution is this um, uh, peaceful town-level civil rebellion.
0: So start that lit that. that, that. Perfect segue, because the last pill I need you to to take now is the white pill. Uh, And I'm familiar with your white pill, but just for anyone who's listening, can you explain your white pill? And I believe you call it total, is it total recall? Uh, Mass recall. Mass recall. Not total, yeah. Mass recall. Would that be, would I be right in assuming that that would be your white pill scenario?
1: That's what I think is is the way out. Um, And as you said about my, my black pill moment was when i formulated my white pill solution so i spent the, the, the two weeks doing my research on epidemiology and biology and gene therapy and realizing how bad the threat was and then i spent about a month like freaking out and trying to figure out well how do we get out of this and i went through all my knowledge of history and looking into stuff and I, and i compared it with the documentation that was available, and it seemed to me that every single traditional way that people have liberated themselves from tyranny has been specifically factored into this plan that the GTCS has put together through this network of of documents and and plans. And, And they've done it in such a way that if anybody tries to liberate themselves in one of these traditional ways, it's not just a contingency plan that says, well, here's what you do if they do this it's actually in the plans that we need to make people try to defend themselves so that we can use it as a weapon against them. So they're actually trying to get, provoke people into defending themselves so that they can use the defending of themselves as a weapon against them. And then that will be justification for the further militarization of society and the further elimination of free society.
0: No, absolutely. Um, Nine times out of 10, the people that turn up ready for a fight to a riot are the police. Yeah. um yeah they always turn up fully armored and and, all, and, I, and i've been on both sides on- the
1: police are, are, this is the thing is that you know the, the people who are showing up on the supposedly good guy side who are ready for a fight are frequently the bad guys you, you yeah. know we we're dressed up in, in in fake clothes or whatever and that, that's that's what this shit is all about they're just trying to start chaos it's like with the Um, You know, in the U.S. during the elections in the last couple of years with all these crazy riots in the cities where they all go on fire and whatever.
0: Mostly peaceful, they were. (laughs) Mostly peaceful, yeah. I mean, of
1: course, there were some uh, idiots, you know, who were, uh, I don't know, it probably doesn't even matter for me to talk about this. And I usually don't talk about it because it's just too connected to the right-left politics. And And part of my whole thing is I'm trying to get everybody to sort of get together on this. I think the left and the right need to be unified, because as crazy and stupid as I think the left are, and the right have pretty crazy and stupid about shit, too, um, I don't think that they're part of the global totalitarian cooperative state, and I don't think they want most of humanity to die. So I think we need to agree that the enemy is the one that wants us all dead.
0: Yeah, I think that that would be a very good common ground to agree on, wouldn't it? If we could all agree on that common ground. Uh, And and it's
1: important to to recognize it because that's, I think, a necessary component to getting to to arriving at the conclusion that is Mass Recall is necessary. And so I'll I'll explain quickly what Mass Recall is. I originally called it Peaceful Town Level Civil Rebellion. And that's because... As I was going through these things and I realized that, that every single traditional way of liberating ourselves has been factored in and, and made into something that would be bad for us, not just not work, but really bad for us. Um, the only thing I could not find was a, a tradition that, that has been around for a long time, which is that if you're in a town and, you're, and your local town leader, say, starts raping girls goes into a bar and says, I'm the fucking mayor. I can fuck whoever I want. He starts fucking your wife, right? Slapping you and fucking your wife. You are allowed to remove that person. Yeah. Like, if the town, and certainly if the town gets together and goes down to town hall and says, you people are fucking crazy. Get out of there. we are not going to tolerate this shit anymore. There's nothing illegal about that. You can remove your town officials. There's no law that says you have to do whatever the mayor says. So that's true for all town officials. And this is just absolutely true. I don't know of any place in the world that isn't completely totalitarian that that this is not a true statement for. And so, therefore, if everybody in your town removes your town officials, that's it. You've removed all the people who are able to enforce these crazy policies that are flowing down through these channels of subverted governments and NGOs and corporations, all of it, and cut it all off if you get rid of your local town enforcement. And then once you've done that, in theory, you've actually removed consent. So, so the big argument for central government is that everybody has consented to government. And that's why the government can do whatever it wants. and can tell you to do what it wants. But if all, if, the vast majority of people in towns have removed their local governments. They have demonstrated that they are in open but peaceful revolt. They are not consenting to government, and so the whole the whole legal argument that government stands on, if you're looking for a legal argument here, would fall apart. Um, so it it it's very practical in the sense that it immediately removes the direct problem, which is. Local governments causing local tyranny, directly harming you and your children. So it solves the real problem right away. If we all do this at the same time, it also solves sort of all of the philosophical legal problems as well. And at the end, at the end, the only real issue here is as we go up the ladder through the counties in America, in the counties and then the United states, and eventually the federal government. We are going to resist. We're going to encounter resistance at some point. It would be the states, certainly it would be the federal government. They're not going to want to step down. Um, but I, I'm certain that the counties probably won't be bad, Um, except for the counties that are in the states. So sometimes the, the headquarters for a county will be in a, a city. You know what I mean? And the cities are already lost. This local, you know, peaceful town-level civil rebellion will not work in cities. Those places are already. So the goal here is to force these people into cities. And then that's the only place that they'll have. All of the GTCS will be retreated into cities ultimately. And those cities are, are not very, you know, we don't have to be violent at all. You can wait them out. They won't last in the cities. And so eventually the people who are getting away with all this stuff will be forced to retreat presumably into their bunkers ultimately. So all these bunkers that they've built, this is this is what I anticipate is going to happen. So if mastery Recall happens, and we can force them to retreat into cities, eventually, you know, they won't have people are going to leave the cities, and they're going to want to live in a city trapped with GTCs crazy people.
0: Right? Yeah, uh, I, I, if they, if, uh... sorry, yeah, no, I, I, just when you said about the bunkers, um, I I would love to see the TV show Bunker Hunters. Which I think you proposed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, set in a, a post apocalyptic world where the government tried to kill everyone and are now hiding in their secret locations. <laughs> a team a team of people are going around looking at maps and, and trawling the internet for clues as to where they're hiding. Yeah, I, I would pay good money to watch a show like that where we should do
1: where... it. I mean it, part of part of the problem was I mean, you know, during my from the, from the point where I realized everything was crazy, I just didn't think there was a lot of time. So I came up with the bunker hunter's idea, mostly just to communicate this idea of bunker hunting. But actually, as a show, it's a viable show, and it might be a great way to promote this idea, and maybe we have time to do it. I guess what I'm getting at is, I, did, I when I came up with that idea, I didn't think we had time to actually spend doing a TV show. I thought that we would do Mass Recall by now. You
0: know what I mean? Um, But maybe it's going to take a lot longer and maybe there is time to do it. Yeah, I I, I do get the sense that on a local level, uh, maybe it's not going as fast as one would hope, but when you say, like, town and cities, uh, I think there is an underswell of people, especially after the educational things suddenly hit the limelight, that there are more and more parents going to just school councils, which Mm -hmm. I think is the thin edge of the wedge that then might push people forward into the local town councils and then city councils and so forth, but
1: I think since- that's an interesting. And I, I, I honestly, I step back from it because because I have this, I, you know, I, I have an inside interest. I guess I want the, I want the whole pie. I want everybody to jump on board and do this at the town level, but and so so I don't want to give anybody. I don't want to get involved or discourage anybody from trying lesser forms. Of let's put it that way. It's kind of like with the trucker protests, because I know that the lockstep plan and, and the bad guys are trying to disrupt our supply chains. And so when the trucker guys said they're going to they're gonna disrupt the supply chains as a protest, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what they want, dude. Uh, but, you know, I can't tell them not to do it. What they're doing, they obviously, if they mean well, right? And they're making a protest, and it's reaching people, and, and whatever the intention is, people are taking it the right way. So the trucker protests, even if it happens to be contributing to the deterioration of our supply chains, was not a bad thing. It's not, well, I wouldn't have recommended it, but I could not bring myself to criticize it. openly, um, Except to, to explain why I'm not criticizing it, even though I probably ought to from some principal point of view, because I have this particular worldview. Um, but a lot, so there's a lot of situations like that where, where I don't necessarily agree with with the thing that's happened, but but they're doing it for the right reason, as far as I can tell. For I support.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's a that's a good point. Like you say, if, if they manipulate the situation to their benefit, I mean, I think a lot of us could see that it would have benefited them. Like you say, they and and again at the end, they kind of did a big clamp down. And they made it look um, not not irrelevant, but basically they said, oh, at, at some point we just hired thugs in and they just dragged everything away and we disbanded you all. And then and the news reported in such a way, the next people that say, well, why don't we try it? They say, ah, Let's not bother because it just ends with the government sending in the, the, the police and the army and they drag us all away and I end up with a criminal record and I can't feed my kids, so I'm not going to bother trying this time. And I think, like, back to what we said before, they don't need to stop you. They just need to make you think about not doing it. Do you know what I Yeah, we're back to the bully scenario. They don't want you to fight them. They want you to acquiesce to the point where you just take the beating.
1: And and also the, the the real key point of the mass recall is the simultaneous. So so it, yeah, because mass recall won't work either if it's done in the Strucker thing way. If if only a limited number of towns do this in particular places, they will also be made examples of. So as yes. I say, it's peaceful and legal, but they'll still murder you. So yeah. the only way to get around this is for everybody to do it at the same time, and that way they can't do that. Uh, but but it's a high bar And I understand it's a high bar And that's the best criticism of mass recall Is how the hell are you going to get everybody on board And my answer is When 15% of the global population dies
0: Yeah I, thought, I yeah. really
1: want it to be before that And God only knows how many it's actually going to
0: take Maybe more <sighs> Know, it's a real shame. I'm going to have to wrap this up. But before we wrap it up, do you think, you know, the old adage, the revolution won't be televised. Do you think this 15% death rate, if that's what happens, do you think anyone will know about it?
1: Well, I'm, I'm trying to, to draw specific attention to the numbers because it's important. The 15% number, I mean, statistically, if you, if you like, it sounds like a big number, right? But the truth yeah. is, fifty to sixty million people die globally from all cause mortality already, and you would only need to raise that by a hundred million a year to get to one billion by twenty thirty, which is the goal of the GTCS and Agenda Twenty One. Yeah. So that's only tripling of the all cause mortality. So that only. So in other words, they're only talking about increasing all cause mortality by three times. So if, once once we reach a a well, a two hundred percent increase, or, or you know, I mean, sorry, yeah, two hundred percent increase on in all consumables would would reach the one billion by twenty thirty. So, that's the number that we want, and that's that means about one in seven or eight people should die. But once we get to the one billion number, or one in seven or eight people have died, um, and so <clears throat> anecdotally, it's going to be difficult for people to notice it. Um but you know if if we focus on these numbers and we and we hound people with collated numbers of the total all cause mortality globally and we pick apart the demographics i think that's important too show that the 18 to 20 like one of the one of the more important statistical numbers that's come out recently is the 1100% increase in, in all cause mortality in the army the American army between 18 and 40 year olds yeah that's serious. That's noticeable. I mean, it's like these are, there are other numbers like it, the 30-time increase in cancer. You know what I mean? There's, there's a lot of statistics like this in certain demographics that are just so shocking. Um, I have to double-check that because I'm like, no, it, it can't be that bad. I mean, I know it's bad, but how could people not notice if it's that bad?
0: You know? and I'm, <laughs> and I'm guessing you were obviously familiar with the, the Deagle documents, with the yes. the, the projected... Uh, population growths and, and shrinkages throughout uh, the throughout next the few world, years. Through, through those projections.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. And I, The only reason I don't talk about it is because it's not a provable thing. I don't know who runs the website. Um, I, it's interesting, but <coughs> the other one that's in that class is the uh, silent, quiet, silent weapons for quiet wars. Yep. Uh, if I would recommend, uh, if you're going to put links to stuff, uh, put all these in there. Put Lockstep in there because that's the one that's officially from Rockefeller. And agenda the links to Agenda 21 stuff is useful too because that's official. But but the one that that is kind of conspiracy theory because we just can't prove where it came from. But the origins description is pretty good. It's, supposedly it was you know the story, right? He supposedly some guy found it in the print buffer of a printer that he that he bought.
0: In no the, didn't go on no i didn't hear that bit go on yeah, so. so well
1: so there, so there, the silent weapons require wars document was supposedly discovered in the print buffer of a printer back in the late 80s early 90s so this guy you know was re- re- refurbishing a, a printer and you know he, he grabbed the data either that or it was in the in the in the output of the printer or something like that but i think i want to say it was in the print buffer of, of a copy machine or something yeah uh, and it had to be a printer because a copy machine I don't think would hold every page of the document necessarily. Although some of them did, that that's possible. Um, yeah. And 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 that actually, if it was one of those, that would be a special unit, and therefore it would be more likely to have its data dumped. Et cetera, et cetera. So there's there's good arguments for that being the case. But but that's that's the legend. The legend is that somebody found this printer, and it, and it was just happened to have this document that the government had supposedly put together. For some conference, or for handouts, leaflets, or whatever that they printed out, that's where it's supposed to have come from. Um, yeah, okay. but I, we I, don't I, know. I... We don't know. So, therefore, oh. it, it's <clears throat> it would be silly for me to to, to to center all of my arguments around something I can't prove like
0: that. But yeah, no, no, I, I agree. If, if we can't if if we can't fact check it, then no worse than anyone else. So, um, at the same time. The preponderance of evidence is certainly on our side, isn't
1: it? Yeah, and and it makes sense to know about it. Um, like the fact that something's possible is is plenty of reason to know about it. it. Doesn't have to be real.
0: It, yeah, uh, and I'll. It's, I'll, you know, it's like go, these
1: movies, these dystopian books and movies that we watch. You know, it's nobody nobody thinks the dystopian movies are literally real, but everybody agrees that it's good for us to be warned about this possible scenario.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'll. I'll Go back to what I said earlier. I think just being informed is yeah. is always a good point for for your own sanity, you know. I agree. That, yeah. Well, Patrick, I actually need to head off to work, <laughs> so because <laughs> cool. uh, it's uh, it's just gone. It's just going up to ten past six in the morning at the uk here so and i'm on early shift so i've got about if i can get to work in the next half hour i can actually get myself a cup of tea or a cup of coffee maybe a slice cool. of toast before i actually start for the day but it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you patrick um and i will hope, hopefully right. but yeah maybe, maybe we'll do it again um i'll obviously carry on retweeting the. Not vaccine passports; they're movement licenses. I shall continue <laughs> to do that when, whenever, yeah. uh, whenever I can. Whenever I, I, try, I try to do it at least once a day, you know. So, cool. um, and, I, and, and, and also fast.
1: check out check out the uh, Irish music show if you, if you're into Irish music. It's, it's I do Scottish and Breton and Finnish music and stuff too, but mostly Irish. Oh, um, my!
0: My, my baran is on my <laughs> bookcase at the moment. I'll have to yeah, I used to I used to sit around many a campfire and and and, and play bar <laughs> bang, <laughs> cool. yeah, bang a rhythm out every now and again. I'm not brilliant, but you know, just more more of a beat keeper than a than a, a musician, if you know what I mean. So
1: that's the that is the attitude to have to, to play bar on anyway. Anyone who's there were I've known bar on players who are very good, but even if you're really good, you're not supposed to act like you're really good. You're not as they, there was actually a band called Four Men and a Dog because the the baron player's not supposed to be a person. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, that's that's funny. Yeah. That's so you just said say so you sent me right off on a tangent. It's it's like that old joke, isn't it? Um what what do you call a gamer without a girlfriend? Hopeless. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry, that that'll upset some of the musicians out there. All right, Patrick. Yeah. Well, once again, thank you, thank you so very much. Thank you for persevering with our technical issues in the beginning. And like I say, I will catch you on the Twitter sphere uh, anon. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Rob. Have a good day at work. Yep. You have a nice evening. Cheers. Now. Right. Bye. Take it easy. Bye.